0: In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the fourth Sunday of Fatourah, and today the Gospel is from Mark chapter 10. And as we said, the theme of this month is listening to the Word of God in our lives. Listening to the Word of God in our lives. And in the first two weeks of this month, we read the parable of the sower, and we learned that the good seed is the Word of God in our lives. And last week, the Gospel was about being disciples. And obviously one cannot be a disciple without listening to the word of God in their lives And today we read a story about a rich young man A rich young man who did not listen to the word of God in his life And today I'd like to discuss with you just two things That prevented this rich man from following the word of God The first thing that prevented this rich man from listening to the word of God Was self-justification Self-justification This point comes from the idea that the rich man He believed he was following the commands He believed he was following the commandments And when the Lord told him that he should not commit adultery Do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. He answered and said, Teacher, I have done all these things from my youth. This man was trying to justify himself to say, You know what? I'm not really that bad. I'm not really that bad. I'm actually pretty good. If you compare me to. What my friends are doing If you compare me to the other people Actually, I'm not, I'm not that bad And many Christians compare themselves with non-Christians Or maybe even with other Christians And they come to the same conclusion Ah, oh, I'm not that bad But this is self-justification This is self-justification And this prevents us from following the word of God Listen to what the righteous Job says He says, if I justify myself, my own mouth shall condemn me If I justify myself, my own mouth shall condemn me If I say I am perfect, it shall also prove me perverse It shall prove me perverse And actually St. Paul, the reason I was thinking about this idea St. Paul, he says in the epistle of the Pauline today He says, for I know nothing against myself I know nothing, like even if I try to judge myself, I can't think of something against myself. Yet I am not justified by this. I am not justified by this. But he who judges me is the Lord. He knows that the Lord is the, is the judge and that's why he cannot judge himself. He's not justified by his own, his own judgment. Here I want to draw a parallel between the lawyer that came to the Lord and the rich young man. Actually, the parallel is very clear The lawyer, when he came to the Lord, he asked him a question He asked... He said... What should I do to inherit eternal life? And actually, this, this rich young man, he said the same question What should I do to inherit eternal life? And actually, the Lord gave, him, gave them both actually very similar answers He said, follow the commandments Follow the commandments But the lawyer Actually, it's, it's very clear in the, in the story of the lawyer That he says that, Mike, He says that the lawyer asked a follow-up question And he asked the follow-up question Wanting to justify himself Wanting to justify himself So both of these individuals were plagued with the disease of self-justification And last week, like Abuna Moros actually He said something very interesting And I want to expound upon it He spoke about a modern heresy That is now prevalent in like many churches And it's a great like marketing slogan And a lot of churches might put this like on their website or whatever And it's the idea is that the church will accept you Who you are Who you are and this sounds might sound biblical, it might sound loving, oh we love everyone, we accept you, who you are. But actually we must be wise in this application, because this could be used as a means of self-justification. And people might say, I am who I am and I cannot change. And the church should accept me for who I am. But actually the opposite is true Actually the opposite is true The truth is that the Lord loved this rich young man And because he loved this rich young man He asked him to to change He said, "I cannot, you cannot be my disciple the way you are now You cannot be my disciple the way you are now If you want to be my disciple, you have to Change. You have to do something different The Lord saw he was lacking something He was lacking something He was lacking treasure in heaven And the Lord wanted to give him this treasure And for the Lord to accept him, he had to do this change He was asked to take his cross and follow me I was thinking about the story of Saint Mary of Egypt Saint Mary of Egypt, she was in Jerusalem On the feast of the cross And she wanted to see like She heard that there was a commotion in the church And she saw many people coming to the church So she wanted to go into the church And every time she would approach the door of the church Guess what happened? A force pushed her back And she tried again She would try to get into the church And the door pushed her back And it happened several times. And after it happened several times, at first she thought it was just like the crowd and she couldn't get in because... But then she realized, no, she can't get in because of her sins. So she went outside and she prayed at a statue of St. Mary and she made a vow to St. Mary said, if you let me into the church, I will change my way of life. I will renounce my way of life with tears. And guess what? Then she was allowed... Into the church All of us we walk into the church We walk out of the church We walk in But the way to get into the church Is through Or is through the door of repentance Is through the door of repentance And the opposite of repentance Is self-justification The opposite of repentance Is self-justification You may come as you are But you must leave Transformed You must leave transformed. You can come as you are, but you must be repentant. You must be repentant, and then you may leave healed and changed. Actually, maybe I was thinking about this from another angle. I've been studying these days another religion. And and in this other, uh, like... Other religion The difference between our faith And the other faith Night and day And one interesting thing is that I was thinking about If you were starting a religion Who would you want to be your followers? Who would you want to be your followers? This guy is young He's rich In in one of the gospels They call him an archon So he's a ruler Like a ruler has authority to me, that seems like if you were starting a religion, that seems like check, 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 like ideal candidate for the person that you would want to be, like your first disciple. And so maybe the Lord, Yani, you know, could have said, "Oh, I like you. You're rich, powerful. Like the other Yani you know, religions, they found these powerful people and they would go after it. Like this is like ideal candidate to be." But the Lord didn't water down his message. Did he water down the message? No, he didn't water down. You might say, Ya uh easy, just give him, ask him to give one ten percent, and then grow. But the Lord did not want to water down his message He didn't want to water down the message Actually the Lord, the Psalm I think has an answer to that question It says, know that the Lord, He is God he, It is He who made us and not we ourselves We are His people and the sheep of His pasture I think the Lord said, "I love this, I love this man I love this man, I want to give him treasures But this young man was self-justified. He was lacking repentance. And such people will struggle to listen to the word of God. It will be difficult for such people to be true disciples. Another thing that prevents us from following the word of God is attachment to worldly things. Attachment to worldly things. All of us, we have things in our life that we are attached to. Some things big. Maybe something small But at the end of the day We have to Let go We have to let go I was reading something very beautiful by Saint Jerome He says something He said when you have Once you have put your hand to the plow You must not look Back Once you put your hand to the plow You must not look back Once you stand on the housetop You must not You must think no more of the clothes within. To escape the Egyptian mistress, you must abandon the cloak that belongs to this world. Joseph, when he was, you know, when the wife of Potiphar was trying to get him to to fall in sin, it says she grabbed his cloak. What if Joseph said, I need that cloak? And tried to, to negotiate. No, he left. Gone he, immediately. Gone. He had to leave it. He had to go away from. And he says Elijah, when he was translated to heaven, it says he could not take his his mantle with him. He could not take his mantle with him, but left in the world the garments of the world. So we must not be attached to the things of this world. Oftentimes. When I speak to youth And I ask them what they want to be When they grow up And oftentimes they have very ambitious goals And you ask them like What career They say beautiful careers And you ask them why you want to do this career They say I love this Good stuff Great, great, great You say And then usually one of the reasons Is usually because Money Yeah, money Money because money is very powerful Money is so powerful And money can open a lot of doors It can But there's one door that money cannot open It cannot open the eternal life Money cannot open It can open a lot of doors on this earth It can get you a wife It can get you whatever It can get you a lot it can, You can do a lot of things with money On this world You can have a nice car You can do a lot, a lot, a lot of things in this world with money But it cannot open the eternal life And that's why one of the things that I want us to think about Is that we shouldn't want our kids to become lovers of money Or we ourselves, we should not be lovers of money We should not be lovers of money You know, the Bible says, like St. Paul in his epistle to Timothy He says, the root of all evil, money is the root of all evil In our Lord today in the gospel, he said, Children, how hard is it for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. So I'm wondering, why do we place so much an emphasis in all our kids? They want to be rich and they want to do this and that's fine. But so much of an emphasis on this And at the same time It's more difficult for them To enter in the kingdom of heaven What's the point of becoming so rich in life And then becoming poor in eternal life Becoming dirt poor in eternal life What is the point of having so many Nice material things in life But failing to beautify the soul Failing to beautify the soul St. Basil, he says something nice He says, when I go to the house Of one of these tasteless rich individuals I see it with so many colors and fancy furniture And I see all the things And he says, I know that this person possesses nothing more valuable Than what is on display Such people decorate inanimate objects But they fail to beautify the soul They fail to beautify the soul By attaching ourselves to worldly, to material things We fail to beautify the soul. And what is like amazing is is that if you took so much effort to plan your future for your secular life, you know what kind of career you want, you know what job you want, you know what type of how come we don't have the same ambition in our spiritual lives? How come? How come we don't have ambition in our spiritual lives? How come we don't make plans for our spiritual life? How do you plan to grow in your spiritual life? In the next years How do you plan to serve the church in the future? How are you planning to help others? How do you plan to grow the kingdom of God? And if you think about this Mufruud also to think about this as well, no? And they, they, they go together it would be foolish to only plan one area of your, of your life. These are the questions that really Christians should be thinking about. And even if we don't have specific answers to the questions that I, I laid out, because some of them require divine revelation, it's a reflection of where your heart is. It's a reflection of if your mind is always thinking about the secular and the worldly and the money and the power and the careers and the jobs and what I can buy and what I can do. He says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Your treasure is, your heart will be also. That's why I think one of the most beautiful things that St. Paul, he says in his epistle to the Colossians, he says, I'm going to pray for you for two things. I want to pray for you for two things. What are the two things that I'm going to pray for you for? I only want to pray for you for two things. You get these two things, it'll be amazing. The two things are... The knowledge of His will I pray that you have the knowledge of His will That God, what God wants from you That you know what God wants from you I pray that you have the knowledge of His will The second thing that He said That I pray for you Is that you have Spiritual Understanding, Spiritual understanding. Those were the two things that St. Paul is praying for the Colossians to have. Nowhere does it say big house or career. Or... He wants you to have knowledge of his will and knowledge and spiritual understanding. If we realize the true value of spirituality, then I think we will have no problem detaching from worldly things. If we understand true riches The true beauty of God We will have no problem saying oh, I don't need this in my life anymore Anyway I was reading a story Mara, of Someone Who was given Revelation of heaven They saw heaven And guess what the first response Of that person was After they saw heaven First thing they did They saw heaven So what did they do Sold everything and went and became a monk. That was the first thing. That he said. <laughs> I saw heaven. He said, I sold everything and became a monk. That was the f- first. Once he saw the true riches, he said, wow, nothing on this world. He said, anything. And he went and became a monk. Yeah, he, if you think about it, why did St. Anthony, he heard this passage, and then he left and went into the, into the desert. Why? Wow. He saw the value of true riches. The true riches in heaven Why did someone like St. Saint Arsenius St. Saint Arsenius was the, the, the tutor For Arcadius and Oronius the, the children of the emperor And he lived in the palace And he lived the most wonderful life And he left this palace To go live in, in Mosque in the, in, in the desert of Mosque In Shahid Why? Why? Why would someone like Maximus and Domagius The Roman like dignitaries and and sons of like very noble people And they leave worldly riches and they go and become monks and why? Why? Why would they do that? Because they saw true riches Actually true riches are in heaven there's a beautiful story about a saint that I don't think we're very familiar with. His name is St. Lawrence. Is that on St. Lawrence? St. Saint Lawrence. St. Saint Lawrence, he was, uh, he was someone who lived in the middle of the 3rd century. And St. Lawrence, was, uh, he was a Roman deacon. He was a, he's, a, he's a saint in the Roman church. And he was a deacon. And he was, a, uh, as a deacon, the ministry of the deacons... Was to take care of the finances And to the distribution And to manage the property of the church And as was customary in that time Because the church was under very heavy like, persecution The emperor and the prefect of the time They said We hear your church has lots of treasures We hear your church has lots of treasures Bring your treasures to me Bring your treasures to me. He said, sure, prefect. I'll bring all of the treasures that I have. I'll bring them all to you. He went and called some people from the church. And he brought them to the prefect. And the prefect was furious. And this is what... what, Actually, St. Ambrose of Milan records the story of this blessed saint. St. Lawrence, he said, Behold, he brought all the poor people... From, from the church He brought all of the poor people And brought them before them He said, behold, in these poor persons The treasures which I promised to show you To which I will add pearls and precious stones Those widows and consecrated virgins Which are the church's crown Which are the church's crown The true treasures Were the, the, the poor, the the... And then the prefect was not having it and he received the crown of martyrdom. It reminded me of what we say in the Wednesday of Sali. If we are needy for the money of this world and we have nothing to offer as alms, yet we truly have the precious pearl of great price which is the sweet name full of glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. When we come to the Lord, we do not want to be like this foolish Foolish, foolish, rich man Very foolish, rich man Who missed a great chance To become a disciple And follower of the Lord Because he was self-justified He was self-justified I followed all of this From the beginning when we come to the church, we have to come to the church with a repentant heart. And we cannot be attached to material, worldly things. We have to let go. I'll finish with one prayer that I, that I read and it was very beautiful. It said, and maybe you can say this prayer with, with me, it says, Teach us, O Lord, to manage conscientiously the goods we possess. Teach us, O Lord, to manage conscientiously the goods we possess. Like all the things that God has given us. Help us to manage these things like conscientiously. And not to covetously desire more than you give to us. Not to desire more than you give to us. Yeah? And glory be to God forever. Amen.